Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out Man, more hallelujah. about us and give online. God bless you guys. Thanks Thank again you for, for joining, joining us. And Amen. enjoy today's and message. God bless you today. I just got a, a quick announcement real quickly. I have to announce this. I'm going to say this a couple times, amen, as we're starting to grow and come back to the church and, and people are coming in, amen. We got to remember the sanctuary here is the house of God. We got to respect the house, amen. And so in the sanctuary, as you guys know, there is no food, there is no drinks, there is no candy, there is no nothing. Uh, if, it's, if it's gum, amen, as long as it stays in your mouth and you're not chewing crazy, hallelujah. Actually, we can't even see you chewing with the mask, amen. So you got an advantage there, amen. But... But but there is no other stuff drinking but except for water. Water is good, amen. So everything else is outside, amen. Uh, but no no candy or anything like that. Uh, we're finding things on the floor that uh, we're running into. So a piece of chocolate falls on the floor. Someone steps on it. It smudges. And so it, it, we just got to respect that, amen. And so especially with our young ones, I know that sometimes we have uh, they don't have kids' church, so they'll bring them into the sanctuary. And we're trying to just keep them uh, maintained and so forth. So just... Uh, watch what we do here in the house. Is that all right for everybody? Praise the Lord. Amen. You guys still love me? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you guys for that. Amen. But we, we got to really respect the house of God. Amen. And so tonight, amen, I want to minister a message I entitled pray. Somebody say pray and never stop. Pray and never stop. Amen. Researchers and studies show that the, those who try harder, those who don't give up easily, those that persevere, reach, or reach higher goals. How many believe that? Amen. If we are going to reach higher goals in the kingdom of God, prayer has to play its part in our lives. Amen. If you want to be successful in your Christian walk, if you want to be successful in the kingdom of God, if you want to be successful in your ministry, or whatever it is within your own home, to be a father, a mother, a, a son, a daughter, amen. A prayer has to be a, a key part inside your life. Can somebody say amen? Listen, prayer is a habit, listen, that needs to be cultivated. It's a discipline that needs to be developed, and it is a skill that needs to be practiced. Did you get that? Prayer is a habit that needs to be cultivated, a discipline that needs to be developed, and a skill that needs to be practiced. If you want to be success, have success in prayer, we must pray and never stop. I, I mean, this prayer life of a Christian walk, can I mean know that you cannot just pray once a week? Come on. I'm on there. I don't know how people do that. Amen. They, they, they don't pray when they get up. They, they, they may pray when they come on, on a, at a, a church service. But how many know we cannot survive praying once a week, praying once a month? Prayer must be constantly and we must never stop. The fact is, the bigger of your dream, the bigger your situation that you may be facing or, or the trial that stands before you, the harder you're going to have to pray. Can somebody say amen? Come on, when things come your way, you got to pray hard. Now, I want you to turn to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18. I'm going to read verses 41 to 45. 
And real quickly, amen, if you have one of these devices, which everybody does, if you can put it on vibrate, amen, or lower the volume or anything like that, yeah, we don't want anything to disturb, amen, as, as God's moving, amen. How many know that the enemy would use anything to disturb you? It can be a little ring, a little tone, amen, that, that, that just uh, takes away what God wants to do to somebody's life here. 1 Kings 18, 41 to 45, and it says this, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Now go, somebody say, now go. Now go eat and drink, because a heavy rain is coming. So King Ahab went to eat and drink. At the same time, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bent down to the ground with his head between his knees. And then Elijah said to his servant, Go and look towards the sea. And the servant went and looked, and he, I said, I see nothing, he said to me. Elijah told him, go and look again. And this happened seven times. Somebody say seven times. The seventh time, the, 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 the servant say, I, I said, I see a small cloud the size of a human fist coming from the sea. Elijah told the servant, go to Ahab and tell him to get his chariot ready. And to go home now, otherwise the rain will not will, will stop him. And after a short time, the, uh, the sky was covered with dark clouds. The wind began to blow, and soon a heavy rain began to fall. Amen. We must pray. Here in this text, amen, we see Elijah praying for rain. Elijah was a man of prayer. Can somebody say amen? Come on, Elijah, you got to understand here, Israel is going through a drought, if you know the story here. And it has a, it's been, uh, it's been in a drought for a long time, amen. I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a drought in your life? Come on, have you ever had a dry season in your Christian walk? Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, here the nation of Israel is going through a drought. It hasn't rained for three long years. I mean, no, that's a long time. You know that we haven't seen rain for a long time here in Vegas? You know how long it's been? 198 days it has not rained here. Last rain was back in March. And so this is the longest drought, which is a record here in Las Vegas. How many know that we need to pray for some rain? Come on, we need some rain here, amen. So the, the Lord promised Elijah that he would send rain. And like every promise... Elijah still had to stand on it, and he still had to pray for it and not stop. Just like God promises you. Come on. You ever had a promise from God that, you know what, I'm going to fix your life. I'm going to put your life together. I'm going to work on your marriage. I'm going to work on your home. But how many know that we still have to circle that prayer? Come on. How many know it's not going to happen? Just say, okay, God said, and you don't do nothing. Come on, somebody. So we have to circle that promise. we got to stand on the promises of God. So Elijah here climbs to the top of Mount Carmel, and he falls fat on his face, and he begins to pray for the promise, which was for what? Rain. Six times he tells his servant, I want you to go look towards the sea. But still, there was no sign of rain. Now, let's be honest today. Can we be honest? Come on, how many want to be honest here? Raise your hand and go be honest. Come on. Most of us probably would have gave up after the third time. For some of us, maybe less. For some of us, maybe one time. God, you're not going to move one time, that's it. Come on, let's, let's be real, amen. Come on, let's be honest, amen. Now, 
We stop praying, listen, because we don't see anything different in our natural eyes, right? We stop praying because, you know what, she's still the same. He's still the same, amen. The report is still bad, amen. The situation hasn't changed, amen. You're still not well. Listen, if we allow our circumstances to get in between God and us, we have to put God in between us and our circumstances. Come on, church. God must always be in the middle. Can somebody say amen? See, we got to open up our spiritual eyes. Tell your neighbor, open up your eyes. Come on, we got to open up our spiritual eyes. Second uh, Corinthians 4.18 says this, So let's fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Come on. Remember what Elijah said to Elijah? Come on, in 2 Kings first, uh, chapter 6, verse 17, he said this, Elijah prayed, open his eyes, O Lord, so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eye, and he looked on the hills, was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. If you know the story here, amen, uh, the, the servant went out, and he seen an army coming against him, amen, uh, and he feared, uh, and he said, you know what, open his eyes, open his eyes. Uh, and when the Lord opened his eyes, uh, he saw a greater army surrounding that army that was coming against him. How many know that there is more for us than against us? Come on, somebody. Come on, anyone here excited this day? God is for you. Tell your neighbor, God is for you. I don't care how big that situation is. I, I don't care how big that circumstance is that you're facing in your life right now. I don't care what kind of report you got from the doctor, amen. God is for you. Come on now. Come on. If he's for you, no one can come against you. And so you got to stand on the promises of God today. Elijah held on. Tell your neighbor, hold on. Elijah stood on the promises uh, that God gave him or the promise that God gave him. Elijah, listen, held his holy ground. Some of us here need to hold your holy ground. Some of us need to stand on the promises of God. Amen. I, I think Elijah, you know, Elijah, he was a man of prayer. He would have prayed and never stopped, even if he had to pray 10,000 prayers. Come on. If that's what it took, Elijah would have done it. But between the sixth and the seventh prayer, something started to happen. Come on. There was a shift in the atmosphere. Come on, somebody. Come on. Something supernatural took place. Amen. Uh, come on. Some of us here, you need your atmosphere shifted. Come on. Some of you need to shift your thinking. Amen. Some of you here today have stinking thinking. Come on, some of you, you got to shift your attitude. You got to shift your circumstances. Amen. You got to start to think positive, not negative. Come on, somebody. Amen. Tell your neighbor, shift. There has to be a shift in your circumstances. Amen. A Holy Ghost shift. Can somebody say amen? Something took place here. There was a supernatural shift that took place. After the seventh prayer, Elijah's nearsighted servant strained his eyes. For some of you guys, you need to strain your eyes. Come on, somebody strain your eyes. You can't? You can't strain them. Okay, you, you can be all right. I don't know about you. I'm getting older now. You know, that, that, that's just part of it. Amen. I'm getting older. And let me tell you, I got to strain 
to focus on things. And, and I'm a man that do, does not want to put glasses on. I'll, I'll, wear, I'll wear glasses to read, amen, but I'm still in denial to wear it all the time. <laughs> but at work, I mean, I can, I, the numbers are so small, and I'm straining to look at it. Elijah's servant, on the seventh time, he went out, and he strained his eyes. And then he started to see something. See, when you start to strain your eyes and you start to really focus on, on who God is, you will start to see the promise come, church. The Bible says that he strained his eyes and all of a sudden he's seen a, what it seemed to be a small fist. A small fist, a, a cloud, amen, a, something that was raising up a, a from the sea, amen. He saw the promise coming, church. But let's just imagine if Elijah had quit praying. After the sixth time. The answer is obvious, right? He would have defaulted on the promise. Come on, he would have forfeited his miracle. But Elijah prayed through, and guess what? God came through. Come on, somebody. Come on, if you pray through, God will always come through, church. He'll always show up, amen. There's a saying, God's never too late, never too early, but what? Right on time, amen. God always shows up in the midst of your situation. He always shows up right in the neck of time, church. You got to strain your eyes sometimes. You got to look at the promise. You know what? God said he's going to heal my marriage. God said he's going to deliver me from this. You got to strain and say, God, your promise is coming, amen. You're going to heal my marriage. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And when you strain and stand, he comes through. Come on, anybody got some things that came through for you? Come on, give him a shout, amen, if he's done something for you where you held out and you just stood there, amen, you held on, amen, and God came through. The sky turned black. The wind began to blow. And the Bible says the rain fell for the first time in three years. This got me thinking, amen, I was looking at this, and I said, man, what about it if my beautiful wife, would have stopped on the ninth year praying for me. Now, you say nine years, that's a long time. You guys would have quit on one year. Hallelujah. Come on, just be honest, amen. Wow, you prayed nine years for that? No, she prayed ten years for this man. But if she would have quit on the ninth year, she would not, all this wouldn't be here right now. All this, amen, hallelujah. I'd be broken. I'd be probably dead, locked up. I don't know where I'd be. But she kept praying. She kept praying. She didn't give up, amen. She stood on the promises of God, amen. And God saved this wicked man right here, amen. God saved me, put my life together, amen. It made me a preacher of the word of God, amen. Come on, God does, there he stands. You got to hold on. Tell your neighbor, hold on. Come on, don't forfeit your miracle. Don't, don't give up on, on your dreams. Imagine if the person... Who knows you has been praying for you would have stopped praying for you. Come on, all of us here are a byproduct of prayer. Come on, either your aunt, uncle, mom, grandma, grandpa, Theo, Thea, all those, amen. If they would have stopped, amen, where would you be? Thank God for people that never stop praying. Come on. Come on, people that just are persistent. People are just holding on, amen. See, it's easy to give up on dreams. It's easy to give up on miracles. It's easy to give up on promises. Because we lose heart. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, we lose patience. Hello. Come on, and we lose faith. Come on, somebody tell the truth. 
Come on, these things happen to us. Why? Because we're human, church. Uh, come on, we sometimes lose heart through the situation. Uh, I'm pretty sure my wife lost her patience with me, amen. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there was time that she may have lost a little faith of what God was going to do in my life. You got to understand, it's like a slow leak in a tire. It often happens without you even realizing until your prayers go flat. You don't even know, amen. You just end up there. It's a slow leak, a, a slow process. You stop believing. You, you stop losing. You stop doing this. You lose heart, amen. And pretty soon, you're not even praying at all. Come on, let's, let's be real. We gave up. We forfeit. We lost it. We often give up too quick, church. We give up right when the promise was on the way. And all you had to do was just strain a little bit, and you would have seen it. Right before the answer comes, right before your healing was coming, right before your breakthrough was on its way, man, we stopped and we forfeit our, member, our miracle. Listen, there are prayers, there are dreams in this place that God wants you to resurrect. Did you hear me? There are prayers and dreams that God wants you, say me, wants you to resurrect. He wants you to bring it back, amen. You, you put it on the, you put it on the top shelf, amen. You put it behind thinking it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen anymore. You gave up on God. You may still be serving God, but you gave up on that promise. And God's saying, you know what? Pull it off the shelf and believe again. Come on. Pull it off the shelf and believe again, amen. Stand on the promise of God. God wants you to resurrect those prayers once again. He, come on. He wants you to circle them. He wants you to reclaim them, amen. Come on. There are things that you need to start believing again. Come on, don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on things that you're holding on for. God is on its way. You've got to strain your eyes. The promise is coming. Can somebody say amen? You see, the reasons for many of us to give up too soon is that we seem like we failed. Come on, if we can be honest, we think that we, we failed. We did something wrong because God doesn't answer our prayers. Church, that isn't failure. The only way that you can fail, listen, if you stop praying. Prayer is a no-lose proposition. You pray, you'll never lose with prayer, church. Come on, somebody say amen. See, when it comes to prayer, we must, say I must, we must live unoffended. Meaning there are times when you're praying for someone else, and God moves, and God answers. Come on, you ever had that? And then there are times when you're praying for something for in your own life, Come on, somebody, and it doesn't get answered. You kind of feel kind of offended by God, huh? Why did you bless him? How about me? How come you answer their prayer, not mine? Come on, somebody be real here. Come on, we can kind of feel offended, amen. Everything that he prays for, everything that she prays for, amen. Everything that, that he does or she does, God answers them. But when I pray for myself, it's some, something doesn't happen. Can, you tell, can I tell you something? There have been moments in my life where I felt like just throwing in the towel. Come on, let's just be honest. You know what? I'm just going to throw in the towel for that prayer. I've been praying and praying. Forget it. Just like my wife. You know, 10, 10, 10 years is a long, long time, church. 10 years. I'm pretty sure there have been times in her life that, man, I'm just throwing in the towel on this guy. This guy's not going to change. Come on. We can look at circumstances. We can look at situations thinking it's not going to turn even though God says he's going to turn it. 
And we can say, man, they're moving over there. That's happening over here, man. That person just got saved, amen. He got a better job than me. And oh, come on, we can go through all kinds of things and, be, and feel offended. But then I read Matthew chapter 11, verse 6. And it says this. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. You got to understand this passage of Scripture here, church. In this, in this passage of Scripture in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is doing all kinds of miracles. He's healing the sick. He's casting out demons. He, he's restoring the sight of the blind. He's answering everyone else's prayers. I mean, he's rescuing everyone except his most faithful follower who's in prison, John the Baptist. Come on, John is his cousin. You got to understand Mary and Elizabeth were related. You would think that Jesus would be organizing a rescue for John. Come on, go out there and rescue him before they behead him. Instead, in Matthew chapter 11, he sends a message through John's disciples. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 4 to 5. Jesus replied, go back and report to John. John, who's in prison. Report to John what you've heard and what you see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The, those that have leprosy are cleansed. Uh, the deaf ears open. Amen. The dead arise. Amen. The good news is being preached to the poor. It's like Jesus saying, you know what? He's not paying any attention to John. He's in prison. About to get beheaded. And he's telling him, go tell John. Look all the things what God's doing out here. People are getting saved. People are getting healed, man. This is crazy out here. And then he asked him to relay this promise to John. Oh, by the way, tell him this. Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. In other words, Cain saying kind of, I'm paraphrasing here. John, I know that you're in a hard place. I know that you're probably crying out to me. But don't get offended. If I'm not answering your prayers, don't get offended if I'm answering prayers over here and helping people over here. Don't get offended if I'm not organizing to make a move to get you out of your situation. Have you ever felt like God was doing miracles for everybody else and their brother, but it seems that he's paying no attention to you? Come on. If you're just newly saved, it'll happen. <laughs> Come on. I'm glad I'm on this side now. Amen. I'm getting all the blessings now. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Come on. He, he can just feel like that. Man, man, everything's getting, they're getting blessed. Amen. And man, are you paying any attention to me, God? I wonder how John the Baptist felt. I mean, what do you do when you feel like God is answering everyone's prayers in the church but yours? Come on, if we can be honest, we've all experienced our share of unanswered prayers, right? And we try to live our lives unoffended by God, and Jesus does promises that we will be blessed if we're not offended. And our case may be different from John's case, because he was in prison, and in verse 14, he gets beheaded. We've seen our prayers get answers from others, their finances, their health, their, their kids get saved, and their tia gets saved, their uncle gets saved, everybody's getting saved, amen. And yet on, on, at times in our own lives, 
it's a different story. We're coming to church, amen, but man, our prayers are not getting answered. Man, God's not even hearing us. God's not even moving. God's not even throwing a little, a little something our way. Come on, you ever felt like that? It's just, it's just nothing. Can I be honest with all you guys? That's where most of us live. Come on. We're here waiting on God. Anybody here waiting on God for something? Come on, raise your hand if you're waiting on God for something. How many have been waiting for a long time? We're waiting. Waiting for that loved one to get saved. Waiting for that spouse to change their heart. Waiting for a good report from the doctor that your cancer's gone. We're waiting for these things, and everybody else, you hear the reports, man, I got healed, no cancer free, and all of a sudden, man, I've been praying for years, God, and I still have it. And we can, we can live that way, and we're waiting on something. Most of us live in this, this, this arena church. Not everyone's getting blessed, and why God does it for certain people, not us at times, amen. We never know, but, but, but here, God, sometimes most of us are waiting for God to move upon us. Waiting for that answer for us. But it's in those times, church, uh, that you got to make up your mind. It's in those times that you gotta, you know, you got to say, you know what? You can either give up or you can hang on. You can let go or you can pray through. You can get frustrated or you can choose to live undefended with God. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody say Wait. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Come on, church. Come on, those that learn to wait upon the Lord. As you wait, as you strain your eyes, I'm here to let you know that your promise comes, church. You got to hang in there. God will come and bring you strength. Amen. You got to wait on the Lord. I'm going to choose to wait. I'm going to choose to hang on. I'm going to choose to pray through. I choose to live unoffended. Come on. we got to choose to live unoffended, church. I remember starting off and building the church, amen, and I'm out here, amen, and it's just been a struggle to build this work. And somebody else just starts a church, and they're out there six months, and boom, they got over 100 people. And I'm like, hey, hey, what's up, God? <laughs> Come on. Man, I get lucky. I get 30 people, amen, when we first started off, and they go back to, what, 10? Sometimes four. I think we went down to two one time. <laughs> and sometimes I can be a little offended and say, you know what, God? You know, you start thinking a little bit, oh, I'm more spiritual than that dude. I'm better looking than that pastor, you know. <laughs> we, start, we start thinking crazy. We start living offended. And God, I had to repent so many times, and, and I had to tell, you know, you know, uh, the, the answer, the question, amen, uh, at every conference, hey, bro, how many numbers are you running? And I would just go, that run around. <laughs> they're talking about their church. They're talking about the numbers they're running. And, and I was kind of offended to say how many people were running. Kind of living offended. And realizing God, God is the God of increase. God just says to be faithful and love the people that come in. I'm not here to build a big church. I'm here to build big, big people. 
You know, whatever God brings, that's what he brings. I know that I'm in the, the devil's playground here. I know that he holds, he holds, a, he holds a, 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 his time timeshare here. Come on. This is where he hangs out, amen. And I've come to bug his land. It's a work church, but I choose to live unoffended. That's kept us here for 19 years, going on 20 years now, church. Come on. Come on. God's moving. God's doing his things. And so we got to learn to wait. I choose to wait. I choose to hold on. I choose to pray through. I choose to live unoffended because he did give me a promise. And I'm straining my eyes, church, and I see it coming. Come on, I said I see it coming. Uh, come on, people are going to get saved, amen. I'm telling this church, uh, there's going to be signs, wonders, miracles, amen. There is a, there's a supernatural spirit that's in this church. Uh, and this tell you, let me tell you, if I would have forfeited, that would have been lost. But I'm straining my eyes and I'm holding on to the promise that God was going to do this in this church. And I'm seeing unfold right now, church. Come on, somebody. The thing that sustained John the Baptist during his waiting period was a fresh encounter with the love of Christ. See, what you need to do in your moments of waiting, church, in your moments that you're waiting for that promise, that situation, or that or that healing, whatever that is, amen, you need to refresh and fall in love with God again. Let me tell you, I fell in love with God. Uh, now, I think I fell, it was before we made the move here, amen. It was probably, we've been here six. So it's been like 10 years ago when I was going through that little stage that I talked about right now. That God, I fell in love with God. It didn't matter. It didn't matter the numbers. It didn't matter anything else. He said, God, I'm just doing what you told me to do, and I love you. And I fell in love with God, and I fell in love with people. People again. Because the people are driving me nuts. <laughs> I felt like Moses, amen. These are your people. I lost heart as a pastor instead of love. I had to put love back in, but I had to fall back in love with him. Can somebody say amen? John the Baptist had a fresh encounter of love. It didn't matter he was going to get beheaded. I'm going to, go, I'm going to glory land. I did what I was supposed to do. Come on, he, he baptized Jesus. He fulfilled the prophecy. He fulfilled the scriptures. He did what he needed to do. God called him home. There was a fresh encounter of God's with the love of Christ, church. See, when you start to reflect, listen, when you start to reflect on the Savior's long suffering on the cross, it will inspire you. It inspired John to press in and pray through, church. When you think what you're going through and the situation you go through, you start thinking about Jesus. And you start thinking about the cross and all that he had to endure for you. For us, for our salvation, let me tell you, there's a reflection of greater love for him. Come on, somebody. You fall in love and say, God, how, how can I forsake you? How can I give up on the promises when you've done already so much for me on the cross? You lay down your life. You shed your blood for me. You rose again. See, church, we cannot live in the shadows of the cross. We have to live in the light of his resurrection. And we even have to do it in our darkest days, even through a crisis, even through days of uncertainties. So I choose to live unoffended. And when you choose to live unoffended, you choose to live a surrendered life to his sovereignty, to his mystery, and to his love. 
Jesus promises blessings, listen, if we are not offended. And what he does for others, church, guess what? He'll do for us. He'll do for us. It'll come, church. It took 10 years for my wife for a promise to come. It will come, church. I'm not saying you have to wait 10 years for yours, but it does come. Choose to live unoffended. Things will start to move in your life. Keep praying and don't stop. I don't know why God does what he does. Maybe you can ask him why in your part. But when we get there, I don't think it matters, right? I made it. Hallelujah. That's not going to matter then. Amen. But I don't know why God does what he does. But I do know, listen, that 100% of our prayers that I don't pray don't get answered. That's why we must pray. Somebody pray. Somebody say pray. And never stop. Pray. Never stop, church. God hears your prayers. He's not ignoring you. He's not mad at you. You didn't do something wrong. You just got to pray. You got to trust. You got to believe. How many know that he's a good God? He's a faithful God. He's an awesome God. He is still our healer. He's still the great I am. He is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer, our provider. He's everything. That never stops. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not allow the enemy to come and speak and take away the promises that God has spoken over you. God's saying, get up, look out, and strain your eyes because the promise is still coming. And for some of you that put that promise on the shelf or say you gave up on it and say, you know what, I love God, amen, but he's not going to do this for me anymore. God's saying, take it off. I want to resurrect that again. I want to resurrect the dreams and the promises that, that God spoke. Those don't go away, church. They stay there. You only forfeit when you stop yourself, when you give up, church. God's saying, take it off the shelf. And start praying again. Start circling it again. And watch what I do. And somebody say amen. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah. We need to pray, church. I can tell you right now, we're going into a season that prayer is going to be a key for our, our salvation. Prayer is what's going to sustain.